0: Welcome to another episode of Once Upon East 112. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed our last podcast and that you stuck around for the 12 years it lasted and how long it was and we're learning from it. We realized we should have broken up those quarterbacks, but hey, you live and you learn. This week, we are, oh, before I address what we're even going to talk about this week, let's remind y'all that we do have. A Facebook group at Once Upon East 112. Please, please, please feel free to follow us there. Uh, we post all our podcasts there. We love to get, you know, feedback from our listeners, uh, some information on what you'd like to hear us talk about in the future. Let us know how we're doing. Please invite people, share our podcast, whatever it is. Uh, we will be ever grateful. Um, Oh, I didn't even mention I had left off our whole start. My name is Aaron Avra, and and with me is Donatus Carroll. You can tell I'm a little. uh, It's it's been a week. It's been a week. Join with me, as always, Donatus Carroll. How are you doing, Donatus? Recover this. Save us. Save us.
1: I'm doing great, man. I was just gonna wait till it was my turn to start and say, you know what, I'm gonna introduce myself. Join as always, it's me, Aaron's co host, Thomas's Carroll, am, people. I man, I I, I hit the
0: ground running on seven different things.
1: It's uh it's for sure been a week, man. Uh sorry people that we're getting it to you guys late, but um we're excited to talk about the topic that we have on hand. Hopefully, it's not going to be twelve years long again. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, man, I'm doing good, dude. How's your week going? How are you?
0: Pretty, hey, it's pretty going good. Week, it
1: sounds like. <laughs> not, <laughs>
0: nope, nope. hard work. I I don't know what day it is. I we were out of school <laughs> on Monday. I um, I taught on Tuesday. I had a training on Wednesday. I had a training today, so. I don't know if it's the weekend or what it is. I mean, obviously, it's not the weekend, but I have been thrown completely on my set what I normally say. But here we are.
1: We have a Facebook
0: group. I'm Aaron. That's Donatus. We spoke for an hour and a half last week, and now we're all caught up. up. This week, what we are discussing, we're kind of excited about this. We're hoping it goes well. We are going to analyze and discuss... um, how we think each head coach, their, their ability for potential success with their new current team. So what we've done is each of us individually have ranked uh, the new head coaches on a scale of one to five, one being the most likely to have immediate success based on their team and their credibility and who they've brought in, five being, you know, they might be a Freddie Kitchens and be one and done based on who they've brought in, the skill set around them, uh, whether they're set up for success or not. We do not know what each other have linked. Um, we're going to start with the least successful and get to the most. Uh leaves open opportunities for debate, discussion. We'd love to hear your takes on this as well. Um, so, Don, if you'd like to kick off our rankings, we'll start with our number five teams. A reminder for the folks at home. Uh, the five teams we're looking at with the new head coaches are the Browns, the Cowboys, the Panthers, the uh, Giants, and the Redskins, who are our five teams that we're going to address. We did a topic talking about what head coaches would fit there. We got almost none of them correct. But we will discuss <laughs> how, <laughs> how well they're going to do in their current job. Uh, let's start with number five. So who, who's your number five, Don? What do you got? Yes,
1: yeah, so the coming in. Strong at number five. Um, This was a fun exercise because it kind of forced and challenged me to think um beyond the roster, but to look at the coaching staff and how they would do. So my number five team, I feel like has a pretty decent roster, but based off of their coaching staff, I rank them number five. My number five team is the Carolina Panthers. Um, what is your – you do you want me to talk about that or do you want to give your
0: uh, – I'll, I'll go ahead and give my five teams since we have the, the same one and we can kind of discuss why, uh, why we believe that is. Um, I also believe um, that the team built for the least success is Carolina Panthers. To give context at home kind of why we're doing this, uh, I forgot to mention this, if you think about like the Browns had a new head coach last year. Great roster terrible coaching staff and it kind of shows what what can happen that's where this comes from but I I also believe the Panthers are the number five team the ones who are going to have the least amount of success and ones that I believe is a potential threat to not last the seven years that they gave the head coach what what, what were some of your takeaways Uh, as to why you think this is not a good look for this team
1: yeah well, you know, number one, I forgot that they gave him a contract that long. So, uh, yeah, they, they almost think, gave
0: him the Gruden contract, which was ridiculous. <laughs> <So> go ahead, <laughs> go ahead.
1: Yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, then he has the longest contract out of all these coaches. Then mm-hmm. um, I feel like most of the, the other ones probably got about five years, which I think is the average. But yeah, seven years. Um, you know, we've, we've kind of talked a little bit about this. We haven't talked about it at length, but you know, with the Panthers, they've, they've decided for whatever reason to kind of build their coaching staff as a, um, a college coaching staff. And so they, they don't have as strong of a coaching staff as some of these other teams. Um, although you can make the argument that their roster is, is a, is a little bit better than some of these other teams that we'll discuss further along. But, you know, Cam, Cam Newton is going to play a factor into this. Um, but just regardless, man, I, I, I think we're, we're both a huge fan of Joe Brady, but Joe Brady's never, um, never called plays at an NFL level. He was a, uh, Saints offensive passing game coordinator. And then obviously he was a passing game coordinator for the, um, LSU Tigers last year and co-offensive coordinator. Be honest, I'm not even really sure if he called plays for LSU last year or not, or if it was the uh, um, I think his name is like Steve Ensign Miger or something like that. But um, you know, Joe Brady, I think is he's a young coach. He's he's a few years. I think first of all, he's a few years from getting a chance to be a, a, a head coach of himself. I'm a huge Joe Brady fan. Um, have a lot of respect for him. Their defensive coordinator is a guy by the name of Phil Snow. He coached. Um, with Matt Rule at at Baylor, um, he was the, their defensive coordinator there. Baylor's defense was okay. Um, they weren't they were probably about middle of the road. They weren't they weren't terrible, but they weren't um, they weren't super great either. They weren't, weren't an elite defense. Um, so you know, I think it's good that Matt Rule hired um, hired somebody who he's kind of familiar with. But I just. You know, Baylor wasn't one of those teams last year. They had a good year last year, but they weren't one of those teams that was um dominant or that really kind of stuck out. Like, a, you know, like um I've just gone a blank from uh, Ed Orgeron. Um, You know, if he was to make that jump to like the NFL or even a Lincoln Riley or obviously like a Dabo Sweeney or a Nick Saban, um uh, you know coaches who have coached programs that have been successful and and dominant and and elite for the past few years do you think that it's easier for them to make the transition to the n f l but with matt Rule, you know he he was only at Baylor for three years that first year they did okay the second year they were kind of middle of the middle of the road I think they went like six and six or seven and six something like that and then this year they they finished finished eleven and two so um I just, I don't, I don't think that the way that he's going about building his staff, he's, he's not really bringing in any veteran NFL coaches. He's not really bringing in anybody with a lot of, um, experience coaching the NFL. So I think because of their coaching staff, I just don't think that their coaching staff is setting the team up for success. Um they've got Christian McCaffrey who I think is is a baller. He's one of the best running backs, if not arguably the best running back in the in the league. Um and they I mean they've got a pretty decent young team. I just I just don't know that this team with this coaching staff, they just don't to me they just don't have enough experience on the coaching staff um to really make a difference. And so for that reason it would not shock me. Um, if he lasted maybe a year or two, um, just because he, he hasn't really, I don't believe that he set himself up for success, um, from building his, building his staff, especially when you start to look at some of these other teams that we'll discuss. Um, some of these other teams have really gone experience heavy on their, on their coaching staff. So those are just a few of my thoughts. What are your thoughts on this Carolina Panthers coaching staff?
0: <clears throat> yeah, there, there was a few red flags for me. Um, I don't necessarily believe he's just going to last a year or two. Um, I, I feel like the way that he's built this team and they've allowed him to almost have like full control almost tells me that they're willing to like be terrible for a while, but I don't know if they're ever going to dig themselves out of that pit. Um, like you, um, Matt Rule is a college coach or has been a college coach and not to say that he can't be successful. It's just historically that jump is hard and he didn't make it any easier on himself. Um, he hired, like you mentioned, Joe Brady, who well, I like Joe Brady, nothing against Joe Brady, but he's never been a coordinator. Um, right. he, and, and he's now taking over the reins of an NFL team. Um, and then he brought in his defensive coordinator from college. So, not only is it hard enough to like translate going from college coaching or head coach to NFL head coaching, but he like double downed on it or triple downed on it. I don't even know what how many downs it would be on it by bringing in both of his coordinators are college guys. Like you mentioned, yeah. Brady was with the Saints for a year, but I don't think a year really quantifies as um as an NFL guy. You know, so. I, I think they are really swinging for the fences. I know that a lot of NFL offenses are moving more towards the college-style type game, um, but I don't know if bringing in three college coaches translates to having a successful college-style NFL team. Um, so that was the first red flag for me. Red flag number two um, was his – he's almost been given the reins of what appears to be clear house. I believe they're going to try and find a suitor for Cam Newton. Uh, Cam Newton yeah. has one more year on the contract, so they have to either cut or trade him if they want to get rid of him. His contract, if I remember correctly, is fairly cheap. It's like one more year left for 19 million. So that's yeah, that's a pretty solid contract for a one-year buy to see if he's going to be healthy and see if you can get him as a long-term. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if they trade him off. Um, they released or release walked. T- it ended their relationship with Greg Olson, which, once again, we know he's been injured, but he's now with the Seahawks. I'm going to be worried about the Seahawks because I think Greg Olson still has a solid two years in him, uh, and it's hard All to right. find an elite tight end, uh, like really hard to find an elite tight end nowadays. Um, and they just let the one go that maybe could have had a nice comeback player of the year type thing. Um, and I'm going to address Luke Kinkley in a second. Um, their defensive line all, all, I, I believe a majority of all their contracts is up so they're going to have to either renegotiate with them or let them walk um, and then I wouldn't be surprised and you're going to hear it here and I will take this to the bank until it doesn't happen and this is going to sound ludicrous, this is going to sound ignorant, this is going to sound dumb but based on what I'm seeing so far from the Panthers, this literally would not surprise me Is if they tried to package a mega deal to try and yeah. sneak into the first overall pick and yeah. try and steal Joe Burrow because Joe Brady coached him. And I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if inside that mega deal, they tried to package Christian McCaffrey. I, I would not be surprised. I, yeah. I, I know that would be like a big breaking news, what on earth are you doing? But I, I just, I don't know. Something about them – that would not surprise me if they did something what I would consider stupid to do like yeah. that. Um, I know they want to get a franchise quarterback, so I don't think they're going to go with Cam. And I don't think, I think Greer is with them. He's not the man. And and the other, like one of the thousand Allens that are in the NFL is not going to be the man for them. Um, and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they did something dumb by trying to go after Burrow because Brady has a relationship with him. Um, my next red flag is the fact that Luke Kinkley. I believe that there's health issues and him trying to preserve his body. I believe all that. I, I believe that was a major factor into his decision to retire. What I also think is, was a low key factor. This is not reported anywhere. This is once again, coming off of the dome, off of Aaron Abra's thought process is he could have, he could have announced retirement at any time at the end of the league. He didn't announce that he was retiring until after they had hired Matt Rule and he had hired his coordinators. So what that tells me is that Luke Kinkley looked at the coaching staff brought in, said, I'm already beat up. I am not going to play for them for a few years and continue to get my body beat up when I can go do something else. Yeah. And so, therefore, I believe the leader, in Luke Kuechly, walked away because he didn't believe. This is all, once again, did I hear this anywhere, all my assumptions that he he feels he can't play for them. Yes, I'm beat up. I'm not going to continue to beat myself up. I'm going to go do something else with my life. I've made the money I need. I'm happy. I'm going to walk away. And I believe that a good bit of that could have came from the fact that, he doesn't think Matt Rule and the guys he brought in are in. And it's not worth the head hits over and over and over again. Um and for all these reasons plus and Matt Rule, I know I knew nothing about Matt Rule beforehand, but he had a giant target on his back, not target on his back, but a giant dislike for me when he declined the Browns head coaching offer. Not offer, but um when we said, Hey, we want to interview you and he said, Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I was like well, you know what? Go away. <laughs> but uh, that doesn't help us well. But those are all my red flags. Those are reasons why I believe that, he, that this team is not set up for immediate success. Um, and I'm not saying immediate success like they would even go 11-5. and five. I mean, as bad as they were and as much turnovers they had, I believe 7-9 and nine would be success for this team. But I don't think it's going to be anywhere close to that. I think they're going to be a top three pick next year, um, and they're going to be really, really bad. And I, and I just fear there's going to be a whole bunch of internal discord um, between the players and these coaches. Uh, that's my opinion. That's my thought. Um, but I'm glad we, we we agree at least there. We think that the the Panthers is going to be the team set up for at least amount of success yeah um what you a- anything I said stick out to you that that you agree with or you think it's stupid' Besides the no, yeah, Chris McCaffrey thing I'm taking that in my grave
1: <laughs> i uh, i agree the the um the Luke keekley point's a really good point that i that I hadn't thought about um and i think I think you hit it right on the head man I think you're absolutely right um i think it would have been and obviously you can't do this now, but it would have been interesting to see. Had they either hired like a different head coach or had that head coach hired like people with NFL experience, whether Luke Keekley would have stayed around. Cause I think he, he's what, like 28, maybe 30 at the oldest. I mean, he's super young, man. He's 29, he's like, maybe
0: 28, 29, something like that.
1: Yeah. He's, he's, I mean, he's, he's young. And so, um, obviously he's been in the league, I think for eight or nine years, but yeah I think that you i mean that's a really good point um i do think unfortunately for the Panthers that this is a roster to me at least that had another coach or some of these other coaching staff had they come in um i think that they could that they could be they could have been pretty successful with the panthers roster mm-hmm. but it's it's a combination of the Panthers roster is not it's not great. It's better than some of these other ones, but it's not great. But then it's a combination of that as well as these college coaches coming in. And I don't care what you say. To me, like, you're just never going to make the NFL, a college, an NFL team, a college team. You're just not going to have that success. Um I do understand that the NFL is taking a lot of concepts and stuff like that from the college game, but, but it's, it's just a lot different when you're trying to make a, an an NFL team, a, a college team. Um, and two, I want to see, like, Ron Rivera was a very disciplined head coach. And so it's going to be interesting to see Matt Rule's approach, whether, cause a lot of these players are used to the discipline of Ron Rivera. Um, if Matt Rule comes in and he's kind of like that fun, like Cliff Kingsbury type, like laid back, just going to have a whole bunch of fun, you know, like giving them breaks to text or whatever, um, <laughs> I think it's going to upset, um, which they don't have too many veterans, but it's going to upset, uh, upset some of your, of your veterans. And I don't think it's going to mix well with somebody like Christian McCaffrey, who's made it very clear that he wants to win. Um, and so I hate it for Christian McCaffrey, um, which I think he, his contract may be coming up, um, in the next couple of years or something. If he did, or did he just sign one? I don't know. But anyways, um, he may be able to get out of Carolina here soon. Um, whereas I think, you know, had they, had they made the right call from a coaching standpoint, Christian McCaffrey probably would have stayed with them the rest of his career. But I think if they stink it up these next few years, look for Christian McCaffrey to one out whenever he's available to, to leave the yep. free agency. So
0: agreed. All right. <clears throat> that is our number five team. Number four. I, for me, these, these number four and number three, they're some of the boringest teams in the world. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Who's, uh, who, so who's your number four? Let's start with that. Or do you want me to tell my number four first? If you, since you told your other number four first.
1: Yeah, you go ahead and give your number four.
0: Alright, my number four here is the, the one. See, I, I struggled with this one because I believe three, my three and four, like I believe my one and two can be interchangeable and I believe my three and four can be interchangeable. I believe five was five, period. Uh, yeah. but there's, there's a right. few reasons why my four made my four and why my three made my three. Uh, my four is the Giants with their hire of Joe Judge. Um, who's your four?
1: My four was the Giants and same. My comment, we are going to have three. the exact same. <laughs> <laughs> my three and four are interchangeable. My one or two are interchangeable as well. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> How do we? We're
0: we're, we're going to have the exact same list. I guarantee it. Watch by the end, we're going to have the exact same list.
1: I totally so, try to disagree with you on these. Like I thought for sure the Giants were going to be your number five team. Then you said the. I Uh nah. like, oh. Here we go. Yeah.
0: So here's my here's my thing with the Giants. And here's why they're my four. Mainly, um, Joe Judge. I don't know much about him. But I, I I will I will pull what I know about him from what I've heard from Andrew Hawkins on the Tomahawk Show uh, about Joe Judge. is He's really high on him. And I never thought about a special teams coordinator being a head coach as a big thing or, like, a, a real feasible thing until he talks about it because he mentioned how John Harbaugh was. And he said one thing about special teams coordinators is they have to motivate Guys that do not want to play special teams to go hard on special teams every week. And like, you're right. so you're, so A, your ability to do that is you're naturally a great motivator of people. And he's done that on the Patriots, um, uh, for the past few years. Um, they, they called him the wide receivers coach. They tried to pass it off. Uh, I saw what, what ESPN tried to do. They tried to pass it off as, the Giants hired a wide receiver coach as their head coach. He's been a special teams yeah. coordinator for, like, four years and happened to pick up wide receivers this past year. Uh, so he has yeah, been a coordinator. Yeah. Second, yeah. if he does like John Harbaugh has done, and where I think Harbaugh has had success, is he has not meddled with offense and defense. He lets his coordinators take care of it because that is their wheelhouse. He hires people. That are well versed and knowledgeable in those areas, and he handles the head coaching role, which I believe Joe Judge will do.
1: Yeah.
0: That alone. So it sounds like I'm almost pumping him up to should be higher up than four. But here's here's my reasons as to why he's um, he's four instead of three. He went out, and for his offense. So I okay. Before I even talk about the coordinators. <laughs> I thought I liked the Daniel Jones pick by the Giants. Me and Don just talked about it even after the draft. I loved the pick for them for Daniel Jones. I hated where they took him. I thought they could have got him at seventeen when they had another pick. But I thought Daniel Jones was their guy. And what we've learned is he's just another Eli Manning. But I I, I still love him for them. I love Saquon Barkley. Outside of that, they don't have much of anything. Um. Their defense is not impressive. Their offense, weapons-wise, is not impressive outside of Saquon and the potential of Daniel Jones, because we saw some great potential from him this year. What concerns me as we're trying to develop Daniel Jones to not be Eli Manning is he went out and hired Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator. <laughs> that – that I, I don't – I don't. I know he was with the Cowboys for ten years. So ten years ago, or was it longer than that? How long was he the head coach of the Cowboys? It's been like he ten years, like, right? Longer yeah, than that. Yeah, yeah. Oh wait, yeah, about twelve years, whatever. So I don't remember much of Jason Garrett before he was a head coach. So I don't remember if he was a good coordinator. I don't remember how he was developing players. All I know is Jason Garrett now and he has trouble motivating his players from reports. um, Mm -hmm. Perceivably from our angle, he is a sideline clapper. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't like (laughs) – I just don't like that hire as offensive coordinator. I thought you went from an underwhelming head coach who has all the weapons in the world. Like, his offense was stacked, and they couldn't do anything and so you hired him as the offensive coordinator who's supposed to um, groom this young offense to be something special, and I don't believe he's going to be able to do that. Um, they also hired, which I will vouch for this guy. I think he's a great um, positions coach. He has, uh, he goes back, him and Joe Judge worked together years and years ago, but you also made a nice big move and hiring Freddie Kitchens in that offense as well. Um, yeah. He's a tight ends coach. I, I stand by that he's a good position coach. The only ding I'm going to give them because of it is his, the guy he's reporting to his coordinator is Jason Garrett. So I don't know how much yeah. development is going to be able to continue to happen here for him oh, to have God. success. And then I've already forgotten whoever their defensive coordinator is, because i have never heard of him. And I, um, which is absolute to me because their offense isn't going to be able to stay on the field. I saw a Browns <laughs> team for years and years and years. We had great defenses. Uh, even this year, our defense got beat up because our offense couldn't produce, couldn't stay on the field, couldn't put, on, put up points. So it wore down our defense. And I believe that's going to be the same scenario here when you have Jason Garrett leading this offense with a, a second-year Daniel Jones who needs someone to groom him, uh, with Saquon, with, with how great he is. They still only won, like, four games this year. Um, so you can't do it from the running back alone. Um, I just don't think that Joe Judge set himself up for great success with his coordinator selection um, to have immediate success. And his roster doesn't help him. Like, yeah. the offense has Daniel Jones and Saquon, and that's it. So it's not even like you inherited a solid roster that even if you got these okay coordinators – they can piece together ten wins. I, I think they piece together still a five-win season, and they're going to have to have a solid draft in order
1: to save this.
0: What do you think? Yeah,
1: yeah, no, um, I I agree with the majority of your points that you made. Um, this is this is that team that you know, unfortunately, like. I think this coaching staff, like, I think, I think the Carolina Panthers have a better roster than the New York Giants, but I think this coaching staff is better than the, than the Panthers coaching staff. And so I think, like, this coaching staff on the Carolina Panthers could be like a, maybe, I don't know, depending on what they, what they were to do with the quarterback. I think that team could have been like a seven, pushing an eight win team. Um, but like you said, this coaching staff on the like the thing holding the giants back is their roster. Again, their defense is atrocious. Um, I don't know that I can name one player on their, on their defense besides, uh, DeAndre Baker. And again, the only reason I know his name is because one, he went to Georgia and two, like he got burned every single play and people use him as a reference <laughs> for what not to do when you're playing corner in the NFL. Um, but I mean, you know, Joe Judge, I, I have to admit, and I, I, I don't know if we talked about this a lot, but when they first hired him, I was like, who the heck is this guy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. I'd never heard about him. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where he, he coached under Bill Belichick for, uh, what, did you say four or five years? Um, he's been with the Patriots for a while. So. I just kind of believe that anybody who has spent a lot of time under <clears throat> Bill Belichick is going to be pretty successful. Joe Judge also coached at Alabama um under Nick Saban, and so I think, you know, like he, he's coached under Saban and Belichick, and so I think like if nothing else he's learned how to be a pretty good head coach from those two. Um he hired a bunch of people who have a ton of experience whether it was coaching at Alabama or the Patriots, or he allowed Jason Garrett to bring over one or two coordinators or position coaches from the Cowboys. Um, Their defensive coordinator's name is Patrick Graham. Again, I never heard about him either. Um, But, you know, the majority of these coaches coach with, um, with Joe Judge either at New England or somewhere else. And so he's built a coaching staff that he's familiar with that he's comfortable with, um, a coaching staff that has a lot of experience winning Super Bowls, whether that was with the Patriots or winning national championships at Alabama. Um, and so I think from like that standpoint alone, the, um, the, the unity I think that they're going to have as a coaching staff, I think is going to allow them to be successful from a staff standpoint. But what's going to hold them back is the fact that their roster is not good at all. Like, I think this coaching staff on a more talented roster, again, could make a difference. Um, I agree with you about the Jason Garrett hire. I don't think that was smart. Um, Again, I don't remember Jason Garrett, what what he was like as an offensive coordinator, but he obviously wasn't that great because, you know, like – he didn't change the game in a way that either one of us remember saying like, oh yeah, Jason Garrett changed the, the way the NFL offense was, was ran or done. Um, I, I'm interested to see how, how your boy Freddie Kitchens does coaching tight ends just because if you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but there were, if I'm not mistaken, there were reports about David and Joku wanting out of, um, out of Cleveland because of Freddie Kitchens. Um, yep. And so I don't know if that was a personality clash or if it was like Njoku didn't like how Freddie was going to use him. Um, But it's going to be interesting to see how Freddie Kitchens develops Evan Ingram. Um, They hired Mark Colombo came came from came from uh, the Dallas Cowboys alongside with Jason Garrett. The Cowboys have had a really solid offensive line. For the past four to five years. Um, Colombo has been the, the reason for that. Um, and then they hired a guy, and this is his first time coaching in the NFL. His name is Burton Burns. Um, he's the running backs coach. And he's somebody that I'm sure a lot of people don't know about, but he coached um, Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram, both when they won the Heisman at Alabama. Um, and he coached the running backs at Alabama for the past 10 years. So, I don't know if you knew that as a as an Alabama fan or not, but, um, you look at Alabama, Alabama has been a running back factory. It's a college level for the past decade. And this kind of lines up with, with him coaching them. So, um, you know, obviously once they got to the NFL, they didn't have quite the success that they had in college, but, um, I think that that's good for Saquon Barkley. I think this guy can kind of help Saquon get to the next level. Um, so I'm interested to see how, how he does with his development with, with Saquon Barkley. But, um, overall, I think this is a pretty good, it's a good coaching staff. But again, their roster is just not, not good at all. Um, and so unfortunately for them, I think, like you said, they're probably going to be a, maybe a five win team, a four win team. Um, you know, it's, it's going to come down to the development of Daniel Jones, like you were talking about. And Jason Garrett, Jason Garrett didn't really develop Dak Prescott that well. Um, again, Dak Prescott didn't, Dak Prescott had, a, had okay years, but this year really is the last, is the first year that Dak Prescott really took his game to the next level. That was with Kellen Moore calling the plays and, and kind of helping him, um, be developed. So, uh, unfortunately for Daniel Jones, I think, if Jason Garrett, cause people talk about Jason Garrett being like this quarterback, uh, guru, quarterback whisperer who's like amazing with quarterbacks, but I don't feel like he was that great with Tony Romo and I don't feel like he was that great with Dak Prescott. So, um, I hope he can kind of figure things out with Daniel Jones and I hope that he doesn't end up hurting Daniel Jones more than, more than helping him, but, I wouldn't be surprised to see, uh, Joe Judge let go of Jason Garrett after a year or two. Um, cause I think the rest of the, the rest of his coaching staff is, is really good, really solid, but I, I think his only weak link is going to be Jason Garrett. Um, so those are really my thoughts about the Giants. Great staff, not a good roster. Um, yeah, I, I agree.
0: I think, I think had the OC higher, been a better hire. Um, I think I could have bumped them up to three because I think the potential of of Jones, Saquon, and then if they Evan Ingram, and then if they could snag a like a a a, a receiver who could stay healthy and make a difference. Yeah. Um. It could be it could be dangerous, but the fact that they brought in Jason Garrett, they, they immediately got <laughs> got <laughs> dropped for that. Um, so that I'm guessing, I'm just going to go ahead and go out there and predict that your number three team has to be the Redskins, right? Yeah. All right, that's my number three as well.
1: How crazy would it be if it wasn't the Redskins?
0: <laughs> I, I, I would have dedicated the rest of this podcast for you to try and rationalize why any of the other two teams would be number three. Because I don't see any reason why the other two teams are number three.
1: <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, go right, go ahead.
0: T- tell us why. Tell us why.
1: Well, <laughs> so, I'm done with yeah, your nonsense I've, today. I'll, I'll, all joking aside, I did um <clears> – <throat> I'm not proud to say this, but I did have the Redskins starting up pretty high. Um, But then the more that I looked at the other two teams, I was just like, the the Redskins don't just have, the Redskins don't have the depth um, across the coaching staff as as the other two teams do, um, but like I hate it, man, because I'm such a big Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio fan um, that like I so badly wanted to put them higher just because I like them so much, but I I just couldn't because like. They got Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, Scott Turner, and then Ken Zempis. But after that, like, I don't really know of anybody else. So I don't have too many notes on them. Um, they also have a, a weak um, a weak roster, a weaker roster than the Panthers. Um, Dwayne Haskins, they're going to have to figure out something with him. Um, is his name, is it Zempisi or is it Zempis? the um quarterbacks coach. He was with the Browns We're Baker gonna Mayfield. go dealer's choice.
0: Dealer's choice. <laughs> I'm not um, quite
1: sure how to say his last name, but I know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh I'm A Collins may call Collins MPs. But either way, um he he I think was was a big factor in Baker Mayfield being successful the second half of Baker Mayfield's rookie year. Um and then he also Zim P P C whatever um, he spent a ton of time with the Cincinnati Bengals coaching Carson Palmer and Andy Dalton. Um, and again, Carson Palmer, Carson Palmer had some really good years, um, before he was traded away to the Cardinals. Um, and then Andy Dalton also had some pretty decent years in Cincinnati. And so, um, I think Zim peace was, was a part of that from a quarterback development standpoint. So I think, um, I I don't I, and then he also um, well not him but uh, Scott Turner who uh, Ron Rivera brought over from Carolina as the um, he brought him over as the offensive coordinator he's the son of North Turner who was who was a successful NFL coach and offensive coordinator for a really long time um, he he coached Scott Turner coached Cam Newton when Cam Newton did really good a few years ago when he had like a really good first half and then he got hurt. Um, and then they ended up sucking the rest of the season. Um, but then Scott Turner also coached Teddy Bridgewater when he was in Minnesota um, during Teddy Bridgewater's Pro Bowl year in 2015. So I know we talked about this last year or last week. Um, it's, I, I want to see if the Redskins will make a run at Teddy Bridgewater – um, since he's familiar with Scott Turner, I still think that Cam Newton ultimately ends up in the Redskins, but it would, it would be interesting to kind of see if they make a run for Teddy Bridgewater just because he has that familiarity with Scott Turner. Um, Jack Del Rio, one of my favorite coaches. Um, I liked him a lot when he was with Oakland and I think he was in Jacksonville as well. Um, but I think he was, he wasn't, a, he wasn't a great head coach, but I think he's a phenomenal defensive coordinator. And I think, so I think the Redskins defense is, they're okay. They're not great, but I think with Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio, they're going to get the right players and they're going to get the right scheme. And so I think the Redskins defense is going to be really good over the next few years. Um, and I think depending on what they do, um, from a quarterback standpoint and from a running back standpoint and then, I'll, an offensive line standpoint um, is going to de- ultimately determine how much success this team has. Um, Cause I think their defense is going to be really good, but they're going to have to, it's going to be up to Scott Turner and, and Ken Ken's in peace um, to figure stuff out, whether they make a run at a veteran quarterback and free agency, or whether they, um they end up ultimately drafting another quarterback in the next few years. So, um, I I like Rivera and Del Rio a lot. I I from from a hard standpoint wanted to put them both higher, but I just couldn't. Um, so, those are my thoughts on on the Redskins. What are some of your thoughts about this coaching staff?
0: Yeah, we got similar thoughts. Uh, um, the fact that um, Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio were there automatically bumped them to a minimum of three. Um, yeah. And then I compared them to the other two teams, and I was like, "All right, well, now you're stuck at three. Because I looked at the, I, I then looked at the roster, and I was like, "I can't compare their roster to the other two rosters." Um, but um, I'm a, I'm a huge Ron Rivera fan. I think that he's going to bring the structure and discipline that's needed with, um, with Dwayne Haskins and some of the other younger players uh, to help mold them into. Um, solid professional football players instead of uh, just college kids who are now pros, if that makes sense. Um, like for the yeah. situations where Dwayne Haskins, you know, they're they're finally about to win a game and he's over taking selfies with fans <laughs> so they have to send in the backup to take the knee in victory yeah. formation. That's not going to yeah. fly with Ron Rivera. So He's going to give him the structure and discipline to be like, no, no, no. We take care of our team first and then you can go have your clout. Um so I like Ron Rivera. I do. I agree Jack Del Rio, I think, is going to take this defense and is going to elevate them. I'm a huge Jack Del Rio fan. Um, but what really got me thinking this team could be all right, and I don't think they make a run at a quarterback. I, I honestly believe they stick it out with Dwayne Haskins. They let this this um, wave of free agent quarterbacks go. Because I do believe Ken Zampiis, Um, is going to do wonders with Dwayne Haskins. I'm not a Dwayne Haskins fan at all. In fact, he would be the reason why I would want to demote the Redskins, but I couldn't do it. Um, Not a a Haskins fan at all, but there was rumor out, and I've mentioned this on like two or three of our podcasts, that when Freddie was hired and after he cleaned house and literally fired everybody, that our former offensive line coach said that, Ken Zampis was the mastermind behind why we were good the remainder of that season and not Freddie Kitchens, that Freddie Kitchens had no clue what was going on, that Ken Zampis was the reason that Baker showed out and that our offense was running proficiently. And after last season, I believed that. And so now, yeah. that, I, now, now that I'm now that i going to go ahead and live under the assumption that that's true and that Baker looked amazing for those final games where supposedly Ken Zampis, was the mastermind, I can only imagine. Like, I think Baker's better than Haskins, obviously, but the work that I think Zampis will be able to do with Haskins with this nice young receiver and, I don't know how to say his last name, Terry Mc Mc, Mc- something. Um, <laughs> they, they have another receiver, uh, Steve Sims, so I don't really know, uh, and they re-signed AP, who actually looked pretty good last season for being 50 yeah. years old. Um, accurate. And if they, if they find some, a solid person to replace them, because I don't believe in any of their, any of their other running backs. Um, and, and Darius Geist has been on IR, uh, I think for more, has been on IR more times than he's been in the NFL and more than the years he's been in the NFL. So I don't believe that he can be the long term answer until he can find a way to remain healthy. Um, so a lot of this is going to fall on, on Haskins' shoulders, to become very good very quickly. And I believe that Ken Peace can, can find a way to make him not necessarily very good, but to make him good quickly. Um, and to make this offense be more proficient under Scott Turner, um, I think that's a good pair up there. Um, and I think that defense is going to be really solid. Um, and I think that this team is going to be in check or in order uh, in the next years to come because of the guy that they hired him. I'm a big Ron Rivera fan, so I do think he gets this job turned around and makes them um, the actual respectable team that they have the potential to be. Um, and for that, I wouldn't be surprised if the Redskins walk away uh, at the end of the season and have, I don't know, like nine wins. I wouldn't be surprised. I think they, what, they come away with like seven this year, so if they came away with seven with missing Jay Gruden, it wouldn't surprise me if with having like good head coaches, um, if they could walk away with, with nine wins next season. Um, yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't surprise me at all.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, all right. So we've now made it to our final two teams. Like I said, my one or two, I believe, are interchangeable. Yeah. Uh, you've also said that. Um I'm going to let you re- reveal yours. This is one where I believe we have the same one and two, but I'm not sure. So I'm going to let you go ahead and run with the – uh with what you think. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like we have the same number t- one and two as well, but I'm, I'm kind of low-key hoping that we don't. Um But it would be just uh, typical if we did – Um I, I promise people we used to argue all the time like we shouldn't have done this podcast eight years ago when we were arguing all the time. <laughs> like we agree way too much. But uh We chose
0: the wrong time to do this. <laughs> that, that's
1: right. My my number two team is the Cleveland Browns. Um yep. and and again, you know, them them and the other team, um I, I, I kinda I, I went back and forth and I have a lot of the same notes for both teams. Um but yeah, it's the Cleveland Browns, um, and and kind of the reason that I that I um, not not the motive, but one of the reasons that I guess I pick, I picked the other team at number one instead of them um, was the the offensive coordinator for the Browns is Alex Van Pelt, and I I don't know too much about him as far as I. I don't think he has a lot of experience calling, um, calling plays. And I don't know whether he's going to be the one that calls plays or if it's going to be Kevin Stefanski. Um, but I, you know, I think Alex Van Pelt, he was, um, I think he coached, I think he coached Aaron Rodgers, um, when Rodgers yep. had like a, a really good, Year, either a few years ago or it was his MVP season or when they won the Super Bowl or some, at some point he coached Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers was like, had a really good season. So I believe in, um, in Van Pelt from that standpoint. Um, I love what he said about like wanting to get the footwork of Baker Mayfield squared away because I'm, I'm not a quarterback person. I don't know too much. Um, about footwork, but I do know that it has a, a good bit to play into how you deliver the ball and your accuracy and stuff like that. And I think Baker Mayfield was really good. Um he's been really good. He's been good the past two years. So um I think working on his footwork, I think that's gonna make Baker Mayfield just that much better. Um Stefanski has experience coaching quarterbacks. Um so I think, you know, in in a time where it starts with like your a lot of times your team is as successful as your, um, as your quarterback is. I think it's really awesome that someone like Alex Van Pelt, um, who has experience coaching Aaron Rodgers is going to be helping out, um, Baker Mayfield. Um, Joe Woods coming over from the 49ers. I think that's a good, that's a good hire. Um, he also has experience with Stefanski. Stefanski so also hired people that, um, he has experience coaching with whether, well, I guess he spent the majority of his time with the Vikings. So, um, you know, co- coaching alongside people with the Vikings, um, Bill Callahan coming over from the, the Washington Redskins, the coach offensive line, um, he has a lot of experience coaching offensive linemen, um. One thing that I thought about dinging the Browns for is they hired, um, the brother of Lane Kiffin, Chris Kiffin. Um, they hired him <laughs> to coach their defensive line and, uh, Lane Kiffin, uh, anybody that's tied into Lane Kiffin, I kind of want to ding a point from them. Um, but I, I wasn't going to be that, that, uh, whatever the word is. Um, so, but I, I like, they hired Chad O'Shea, um, to coach the wide receivers. And I think, I think it hurt, um, it hurt the Browns losing Adam Henry. Um, but I think someone like Chad O'Shea is a is a really good hire. Um he coached the Patriots wide receivers, Randy Moss, Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, um, all of them when they had really good years, um, Chad O'Shea was the one that was coaching them. So I think um Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Junior, if they can both get healthy. I know they both have had surgery or going to have surgery the offseason. If they can both get healthy, I think Chatter is going to be, um, instrumental in their development as wide receivers. Um, so, I mean, just uh, across the board, like the Browns, this is a very solid coaching, um, coaching hire. So, fancy you did a really good job. He didn't rush into things. He was intentional with the people that he picked. Um, I, it seems like one of those things where he put a lot of thought into the people that he wanted to hire. Um and the Browns have a really great solid roster. Again, I think they have a top five from a talent standpoint, a top five um NFL talent type roster. Um so yeah, I mean not too much to say about that, about the their hire about them besides that. Um but yeah, just overall a great roster, great coaching staff, and I think I think your Browns are gonna be successful. Um as long as Haslam – like, Haslam just does not need to get in the way. And it's the same thing with the Redskins. Like, the owners just need to let these coaching staffs do their own thing. As long as Haslam stays out of the way, I think the Browns can be successful with this um, coaching hire, with this coaching staff. I think they can be successful for the length of the contract, which I think is is five years, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I think Stefanski and this group of people can have the Browns competing for um a playoff spot easily this year, but I, I think ultimately competing for for the AFC championship and, and ultimately the Super Bowl within the next three to four years. Um so that's my thoughts. Why don't you give us your thoughts on your Cleveland Browns? Yeah, so there's um,
0: there's a few reasons why I knocked them from one. I was very tempted to put them at one, um, <laughs> but then I had but I know but then I had to get realistic. And this is why whenever you said you were hoping we had different ones, I was like, unless he has a feeling that I put the Browns at two, maybe he put the Browns at one. But here, <laughs> the few reasons why I think that he has he, he's second on the list of potential immediate success is, once again, kind of the situation we hit with Freddie Kitchens-ish. Uh, um, Stefanski is a brand-new first-time head coach. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he won't be successful, but he doesn't necessarily have that experience of of leading a team um, like my number one team or even my number three team. Has right um next um i think i also narrowed it down to if if obviously if you're keeping track at home and we'll talk about the cowboys that's going to be our both of our number one i looked at the quarterbacks, and i'm a huge baker mayfield Mayfield fan. love baker i think he's going to be the future i think he's going to be a i mean an elite quarterback um however i'm looking at the two today. So if I'm trying to see their potential success I'm immediately, not we're not looking five years down the line. We're looking like right now. And I think that the Cowboys with Dak Prescott is in a better situation with, than with us with Baker because Dak has shown, I'm going to try not to say too much about the Cowboys. I'm kind of rationalizing why the Browns were two. But Baker just hasn't, he had a stellar half of a rookie year because of a, I think a certain coach and then he took a major step back in year two, whereas Dax has been stellar for like a few years. So therefore he's more established. Um, and I think that was a huge ding when us. so if I'm looking at immediate success, I think a rookie head coach with trying to, I, I, I don't want to say resurrect Baker's career, um, but trying to save him from that tragedy that happened last year with Freddie Kitchens. Um, and so that's why, you know, looking at the at the the hires that that Stefanski did, I thought was major because we saw that we had a super talented roster last year, and that obviously meant nothing if we didn't have coaching. Um, mm-hmm. Because to be honest, had we completely wet the bed on this and hired who I would have felt was the wrong guy, or if he would have hired coaches that I was like, oh no, I may I, would have dropped the Browns even further, even with the same roster. But I like. Yeah. The hire of Alex Van Pelt. I had no. Cl- not, I'm not gonna be honest. Had no clue who he was. I had to do my research to figure out why I would like him as the offensive coordinator. <laughs> I, <Yeah. laughs> I honestly do not believe he's going to call the plays. I, I'm worried. I, 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 I believe Kevin Stefanski is going to call the plays. I'm nervous about it because our last guy tried to do both. Become a brand new head coach. And he tried becoming a brand new coordinator as well. It didn't work out. Um, I think Kevin Stefanski is, is is much smarter, much more strategic, and is better uh, than Freddie Kitchens. So I think he can have that success. But Alex Van Pelt, you mentioned he worked with Aaron Rodgers, and there was a quote from Aaron Rodgers when they fired Mike McCarthy, and they asked him how he felt about it, or when they um, and or when they hired a new coach, or it was some along the lines of those. When they hired this brand new coach for the Packers, the only thing he said about the hire was that they did not keep his QB coach. And he was yeah, not happy. He, yeah, he, And I didn't know that this was the guy until I looked yeah. him up. But he, when yeah, they asked yeah. how he felt about it, his only statement was, they didn't keep my quarterback coach. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then he went, he went on talking about how, you know, quarterbacks get, get to know their coaches very intimately, and therefore they work together all the time. And he thought very highly, and you could tell from that, of, oh, Alex Van Pelt. So whether Alex Van Pelt calls the plays or not, I think between Stefanski calling plays and having an actual quarterback coach, coach, I know he's hired another QB coach. I'm going to ignore him for now. Um, he's been a part of the NFL. <laughs> um, but the fact that Alex Van Pelt has worked with several elite quarterbacks being able to come in and work with Baker, I do like from his press conference saying that he's already established things he needs to work on with Baker with his footwork, um, which Baker in his most recent press run during the Super Bowl has been open and transparent about kind of reflecting back on the previous year and what he needs to work on and realizing he put his foot in his mouth a lot and he doesn't need to do that anymore and he does need to work on things. So I know a quote went around saying he wasn't going to work with a private quarterback coach because he can just do it himself and watch the video. Um, but luckily we hired Alex Van Pelt, and that's not going to happen because Alex Van Pelt is going to make sure that <laughs> Baker Baker is good. So I liked that hire. Um, I liked that we kept our running back coach. We had uh, – I believe yeah. we're bringing – I believe we still have um, – I kept, everywhere I kept seeing, I kept seeing Kareem Hunt was returning. I thought he was in a one-year deal. I guess he's going to be back again next year. So Stunt Mitchell uh, elevated Nick Chubb. And then to have Kareem Hunt, I liked that wide receiver hire that you said. I hated losing Adam Henry. But then I wondered, I sat and wondered, I know that he has a close relationship with OBJ and Landry and that according to everyone from the Browns organization with Freddie, was unorganized. So I wonder how much, like, You know how when you know somebody really well and you know what they're good at, you don't tend to push them as hard because you're like, yeah, so-and-so can do that. And so I wonder how much me knowing you since college and I know that you're going to get your stuff done was was taken into account as opposed to I'm going to work you to make sure that you can reach the best potential you can. And I think by bringing in Chad O'Shea, Uh, who you mentioned turned no name tiny white wide receivers at New England (laughs) into like pro bowlers. Um, to to bring him in to work with elite guys, I think is going to be, uh, you know, a pretty big change and hopefully in the, in the good way. And, um, then as far as the defense goes, I think we have a stout defense. Uh, we have some holes we need to address, whether we're going to bring back Schoberg or not. Um, what we're going to do at safety because we have some holes back there, but I like the Joe Woods hire. Joe Woods actually goes back. Um, I believe Hillman Stefanski worked together for a little bit at one point in time. You mentioned he yeah. brought in a lot of guys he knew. Uh, essentially you can go through our coaching staff and like 90% of it is either the Vikings or the San Francisco 49ers from this past year. Yeah. It's like we, right. we merged the two coaching staff and, <laughs> And hopefully it creates a great team. Um, but Joe Woods coached DBs and was the uh, was the pass game coordinator or something over in San Fran, and he had stellar DBs this year, stellar DBs. Like, at first, going into the season, people were like, well, he only has Richard Sherman, and that's it. And then all of a sudden, the other three guys turned into somebody. Like, they were good. And then he was in Denver the year that all of their DBs were great. And all went yeah, to the yeah. Pro Bowl and he was their DC for a few years until they cleaned house from John Fox and his defense was all right. So I believe he's going to be able to get this defense going. I did hate losing Steve Wilkes. I did like Steve Wilkes, but yeah. with the guys that Joe Woods brought in, uh, you, you hated on Lane Kiffin's brother. I, um, the only reason I like that hire is because he was their, there was, he was their pass rush coordinator. They had a whole bunch of coordinators in San Fran apparently. But he was a pass rush coordinator, and their pass rush was mean. So if I can just imagine our Browns defensive line with him drawing up some schemes with the defense on how to get Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, if we keep him, Ogan Joby, and uh, Sheldon Richardson just tearing up offensive lines, um, I think that, that we're going to be set for success. And then he retained our special teams coordinator, uh, which our special teams went from, like, ranked 30th in the NFL to being ranked 18th in the NFL last year with a rookie kicker and a rookie punter who both um, got what were, were highly praised. Um, so I think all in all, our immediate potential is there. Our yes. immediate potential is there. And I would not be shocked, and I hate that I'm going to throw a number out there because every time I throw a number out there, uh, we <laughs> highly disappoint. But... <laughs> The games have been released on the teams we have to play. It's an easier schedule than this past year. And mm-hmm. I would not be surprised. And we'll do a closer analysis when the season comes up. and We've addressed free agency, but an 11 and 12 or 11 or 12 win season, I don't think is outside our grasp yes. because of the teams we play. Yeah. It's, it is a, it, I don't have it in front of me, but it's a much, easier schedule than this past year and I think by having competent coaches we're going to be a lot better and I just hope and pray that, that uh, Andrew Berry and Kevin Stefanski work together well um, and create a great roster. They're both, they keep talking about the brains or whatever, but they're both football guys who happen to go to Ivy League schools. It's not like you, yeah. they brought someone in Who's never played the sport, but they could they crunch numbers. He they, they they both were like four year starters for their college, and then went into football. So that the, those are reasons why they are my number. I, I'll, I'll stop ranting about the Browns now, yeah. but they they're my number two because of that. I think our upswing. I wouldn't be surprised if we win more games than, than the Cowboys. To be honest, Um yeah. In fact, I think we play the Cowboys this year maybe. So I wouldn't be surprised if we win more games than them. Um, but due to other factors, the Browns had to become my number two. It wouldn't make sense for them to be, me, be my number one. Which then leads us into our number ones. Would you like to reveal it even though I've already said it, says What is our accidental number one?
1: Our accidental number one our is, our is, is the, uh, Dallas Cowboys.
0: Yes, yeah, so I'll. will i time
1: the Cowboys to... will be number one for either of us in anything.
0: That is true. We will continue <laughs> to hate them from now on. Um, right. I'll keep it. I'll keep it brief. I'll start it first um, and keep it a little brief. Um, you, you can go as long as you want to, but I, I feel like I crossed over a whole bunch um, <laughs> when I was talking about it. Um, the reasons why I believe the Cowboys was the best potential job for almost anyone is their roster. Right. Their roster, up and down, I think, is the best roster of the five teams. The yeah. Browns rival it, but the biggest difference between the Browns and the Cowboys is that quarterback position, whereas Dak has showed out for multiple years. Um, you also have Zeke, who's newly paid. you got to find a way to pay Amari Cooper. Uh, but you got Amari Cooper. They need to replace the tight end because I don't believe Jason Witten's coming back. Uh, they got a, they got an offensive line that is ridiculous. Their defense is really good. I mean, they're everywhere. I mean, they have some holes. But for the most part, everywhere you look, um, they have guys that can play. And if you compare their roster to other people's rosters, it's, it's much better. Where I think they went yeah. right is, I'm not a big McCarthy believer. I did not want, McCarthy as my head coach when it was rumored that we were going to look into interviewing McCarthy but the difference between once again us being the Browns and the Cowboys is they went with an experienced head coach who has a Super Bowl. Uh, Mike McCarthy has won it all. Mike McCarthy has worked with elite players. Mike McCarthy has managed a team though he has his flaws um, I think his bit, the big ding on him is that he retained Kellen Moore. I I I hold the right to retract that statement if I want to at the end of the year. Um, <laughs> I thought I thought their offense was mediocre, though it was better than it has been some years. I thought for the weapons um, it was okay, um, and I also believe that. He and Freddie Kitchens shared one thing in common, and they like to, uh, to to draw up plays where all the receivers are in the same area, um,
1: <laughs> which means
0: that all the DBs are also in that area. And Freddie Kitchens loved to do that. It was between drawings <laughs> where all the wide receivers were in the same part, or everyone ran a forty-yard go. Uh, those were the two <laughs> passing plays for the Browns. And the few Cowboys games I watched closely there were a lot of plays where wide receivers were in the same zone, same areas at the end of their route, Um, which I feel like it's hard for a quarterback to kind of like, I don't know, clear out the area. But anyway, um, (laughs) and then their defense coordinator is Mike Nolan, who I actually don't know much about Mike Nolan. Uh, But they have a really good defense. So as long as he's a a good coordinator, you may know about him. Uh, As long as he's a good coordinator, their defense is going to be fine. My biggest concern is their coordinator spot and how much Mike McCarthy is going to oversee the type of offense they run, um, calling plays or anything like that. I just thought that their roster head to toe was great and that as long as you didn't bring in, um, like Adam Gase to this, op- to, to this team, mm-hmm. that whoever, whoever was there was going to be a step up from Jason Garrett, um, and so, for that reason alone, and the fact that their division is so weak—at least it was last year—and the fact that their division also contains three of the five new head coaches, um, and the fact that the eagle, the fact that the Eagles did not show us last year that they can be the dominant team um, in in the division. Um, I believe it is wide open for the Cowboys to run it if they chose the correct head coach and coordinator. I'm not sure if Kellen Moore lasts. I'm not sure if Kellen Moore was just running an offense that Jason Garrett came up with. I'm not sure if any of that. But from the roster head to toe and choosing an experienced head coach for the Super Bowl, easily that made them number one for the chance to walk in and have immediate success. What do you think?
1: yeah i i agree with you man um i was just thinking you know like the how different um some of our picks would have been based off of um like coaching staffs and rosters like i think the 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 cowboys coaching staff on the um carolina like with the carolina panthers i i would be it would be interesting it would be interesting to see like how much of a difference somebody like Matt Rule cuz I feel like the Cowboys thought about hiring Matt Rule and may have interviewed or something like that how how different that team would have looked had they gone Matt, Matt Rule over Mike McCarthy Ooh, that's uh, true but then you know like something that I think plays and again, we just got done talking to the Browns but I was also just now thinking like I think the Browns probably have the best GM out of these 5 um teams. And so like it it's going to be interesting to see how Andrew Berry works with Steven, Kevin Stefanski cuz your GM's the one that gets your players and and all that stuff. Um and the Cowboys while they have a really great coaching staff, at the end of the day they still have Jerry Jones as the owner and as the <laughs> general manager. And so like That's it's true. one of those things like we talked about with the with the uh with the Redskins. Um is as long as Jerry Jones gets out of the way, same thing with the Browns, as long as Jimmy Haslam and Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder, as long as they just get out of the way and trust these people that they hire to do their job, I think those three teams can be, can be pretty good teams. But if Haslam or Jones or Snyder get in and they start trying to push their own, their own players and their own pieces or whatever, I don't think any of those teams are going to be quite as successful. Um, but anyways, from the from the Cowboys coaching staff, I don't really have too much to add um, to what you said. You, you did a good job at at, at nailing the majority of them. Um, I, one thing I do disagree with you on is I actually do like Kellen Moore um, as the offensive coordinator. Um, I think he'll I think he's going to take a bigger jump um, under Mike McCarthy. And I think it's good for Mike McCarthy to kind of see, like, a younger offensive coordinator. I think that's going to revitalize Mike McCarthy. Because um, Mike McCarthy, closer to the end of his time with the Green Bay Packers, like, his play calling just wasn't really that great. And it kind of just turned into Aaron Rodgers, go out there and save us, um, which it worked because Aaron Rodgers was in his prime during that time. But I think Kellen Moore is going to be good to kind of revitalize Mike McCarthy. I think Mike McCarthy is going to be good to kind of take Kellen Moore under his wing, under his wings, because I could, I could see the Cowboys like allowing Mike McCarthy to coach for a few years and groom Kellen Moore, and then Kellen Moore taking over in a few years because I think Jerry Jones likes Kellen Moore a lot. Um, mm. Mike Mike Nolan, um, just a few points on him. He was the former he was a, a head coach for the Forty ers back in like the the mid two thousands but he was the defensive coordinator for the Ravens from 02 to 04 back when they had Ray Lewis, Ed Reed and um some of those dominant Ravens defenses. So um if he's anything if he's just um and he also coached with the Falcons for a little bit back in I think 2014 or something which our defense was cuz the Falcons have never had a good defense. So anyways, <laughs> but I think if if Mike Nolan could kind of turn the Dallas defense into um Oh, even just half of what the that Ravens defense used to be back in the day, um, that defense is going to be scary good. Um, they hired Joe Philbin for their offensive line, who he has a ton of experience coaching in the NFL. He coached um, – he was uh, the Packers offensive coordinator when they won the Super Bowl back in 2010. Um, Adam Henry they stole from the Browns. That was kind of another reason that I, I – um, gave the nod a little bit more to the Cowboys and the Browns. Cause I think, I think Adam Panner, I think the Browns losing Adam Panner is going to be a, a, a pretty big, pretty big difference. Um, although you bring up a really good point about the fact that he had gotten comfortable with Jarvis Landry and no BJ. So maybe he didn't push him as hard. Um, but I think he's going to be instrumental in the development of Michael Gallup and, um, and Amari Cooper if they decide to bring Amari Cooper back. Um, and then Jim Tom I think is how you said the last name. Uh, he coached the Redskins offensive line last year and he's a defensive line coordinator for the Cowboys this year. And I think the Redskins had a pretty good, um, defensive line last year. So, um, th- just overall they, they have the, this coaching staff has a ton of experience as well. Um, and you know, it, it's, you can look at these, these head coaches and kind of look at how, um, you see like, the major difference in somebody who is a first-time head coach, a rookie head coach, versus somebody who's been in the game for a long time. Somebody like Mike McCarthy hired a whole bunch of people with a ton of experience. Somebody like Matt Rule went and got his college friends to to hopefully do the same thing. And so that just speaks to the difference in experience from a head coaching standpoint. Um, Because even like Stefanski and Joe Judge, like um they don't have experience being head coaches, um, but they have experience being in the NFL for a while and they hired people with a ton of, of, of NFL experience. So um I think that's just a learning a learning curve for um for Matt Rule to to just learn as he as he continues to coach. Um but yeah, the, the Cowboys have a great roster. Um, they have a top five NFL roster and, and so I think they should, they should be pretty successful with this, with this, um coaching staff for the, for the well, next you, couple of years. So,
0: you bring up a good point. I think one downside for Matt Rule is the fact that all these other coaches have connections in the NFL. Yeah. Whereas I don't know if Matt Rule has those connections. So therefore, like, am I, am I willing to uproot my life where I'm currently at coaching to go coach to this guy that I don't know if he's going to make it past year sure. two. Um, so I mean, it, it depends on if the opportunity, if the risk outweighs the potential reward, uh, or if the reward outweighs the risk, whichever one, yeah. whether it's, it's worth, <laughs> whether it's worth going or not. Cause if you look at it, he could have reached out to some people and they've been like, nah, I'm good where I'm at. Um, sure. So who knows maybe he does well, and then he begins to create connections and can bring some other guys in um, but I don't know but you did bring up a good point that I, it's interesting how my intention for us doing these ratings was to kind of look at the coaching staff and determine which coaching staff had the best chance of success but we did we did heavily lean on the rosters because if not like the Matt rule coaching staff send them um Send them to to, to Dallas. No, I guess it is still what, how we did it was correct. Because if they go to Dallas, I don't know if I necessarily believe they'll have immediate success. But if I, if I take the Dallas coaching staff and put them in Carolina, I think they would have better success in Carolina than I think Matt Rule and them are going to have in Carolina. Yeah. So never mind.
1: Right. So w- right.
0: W- w- with us, with us ranking them, I guess when you switch it up, it all stands true. Because if Matt Rule and company came to Cleveland, I would have dropped us from two to like four. Because I've seen this before. I saw Freddie Kitchen, that tornado roll through and it was terrible. And I don't yeah. want, I didn't want that Rule. Um, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> there you have it, folks. I know this has been another long episode. Hopefully you see this as a nice, fruitful episode. Um, feel free to go to our Facebook or reach out to us on Instagram or wherever. Let us know. Well, actually, on the Facebook at Once Upon East 112, feel free to let us know your rankings. Who's your, your four? Who's your one? What did we get right? What did we get wrong? Maybe some of you do have the Browns at number one. If so, you just got some brownie points from me. Uh, <laughs> but let, let us know how we're doing. Share this, uh, this podcast to anyone you think might enjoy. Donna, if you got anything for our listeners to close out this episode?
1: No, uh appreciate you guys giving us a listen. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a share. Give us your thoughts on Facebook, and we will uh, talk to you guys next week. All right. We're out.